You are listening to Me, Myself, and Remy, Episode 2, a podcast that is shedding light on baby loss. Today, I will be talking about the struggles of friendships after a tragic loss and how to support that friend or family member who is suffering. Grief tends to end friendships because of lack of support when needed and expected, because many don't understand the depths of a suffering friend's despair. That's a bold statement, I know, and I stand by it. This episode will not be easy, and it may even hurt some feelings, but that's okay, because my feelings have already been hurt. As if I haven't been dealing with enough from the death of my daughter, I've also been dealing with friendships along the course of my grief that have only added to my sorrows. While I do feel that some friends just fade away because they don't know what to say or how to act, that just doesn't really seem to be the case for me exactly, but maybe I'm wrong and maybe I misunderstood my friends. I do want to say that I have many friends who have been here for me more than I could ever imagine. I have friends who have went extremely out of their way for me, who have reached out every day for the past five months, but I also have quote-unquote friends who were here for a couple days, and then they weren't anymore. And anyone who knows me knows that I put my friends first in life. And so the fact that they weren't present for me during the early days of my grief has made things difficult for me down the road. Like I said, this is going to be hard. And if you feel like I'm talking about you, it's probably because I am. But please know that I harbor no hate in my body for you, only love. But I have chose to love you from a distance because my heart can't take any more pain. Amidst the chaos of all my grief, the additional loss of our friendship has stung my already wounded heart. And the people who I expected to be there for me weren't. Many days were spent being disappointed, sad, and mostly angry. I sat and remembered every time I had been there for each of those friends in their life and wondered how it was so damn hard for them to just pick up the phone and send a text or have a phone call, or even drive across town for a visit. I was wondering when they were going to come through for me. I went through the funeral ledger to see who attended Remy's funeral because that day was a complete whirlwind and I don't remember hardly anything. And just so you know, I'll always keep a mental list of who attended and who didn't. While there are many moments that I could share about when my feelings were hurt by different friends, I will not just individually call them out on here. Many of them are just insensitive and uncaring of others outside of themselves. There were many hurtful moments throughout the early days of my grief due to the lack of discomfort and healing because these friends just didn't bother to show up, call, or text. I wish that Tom would just stop. I wanted the entire world around me to stop. My dad told me, no matter how hard we wish for that, that just wasn't possible. I hated that life was continuing on for everyone else around me. I just wanted to scream. Every second that ticked on the clock was a reminder to me how long Remy had been gone. And nobody else cared that my world was stopped because they chose to ignore how deep my grief really was. 
And that's just what damaged our friendships. I think a lot of people just don't understand truly how difficult child loss really is. Because unless you've been through it, you'll never get it. Honestly, though, I hope you never have to join this club I'm in. Because it's a loss like no other. Anything bad that you can imagine up in your head right now, this is worse. What doesn't make any of this better is the way people feel so inclined to give you their opinions when you don't really want or need them. I'm not trying to be harsh or point fingers at anyone, but if you could just try putting yourself in my shoes for one moment, you would realize that most of the things you're saying just aren't helpful. Most words honestly cause more pain, even if you do mean well. And while most people do mean well, they invertedly may say something that is hurtful to most grieving parents without even realizing. Which is why I want to share some common phrases that have been used after my losses and I'm sure many other losses as well. Most of you probably feel helpless and realize that you can't take our pain away. But the best thing for you to do is just to be present for your friends for when they do feel like talking. Most of us just truly can't express what we need or when we need something. And you've just got to understand that that's normal and it's completely okay. And that's why I'm saying it's just best for you to be present for your friend when they're welcoming visitors. While spending time with your friends who have became bereaved parents, it's often best to just stay quiet and listen than saying something a little bit unruly. After my miscarriage in 2021, I was told, you can have another baby, you're young. Even though a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people go through a lot just to get pregnant in the first place. Another one that just really gets me fired up. At least it was early. Girl, never speak those words again. Actually, just remove that whole phrase from your vocabulary right now. If you ever say that to me, I'll punch you in the face. I promise you that. Because who are you to determine the attachment that someone has with their baby at any gestation? Because for me, life starts at conception and I grieve both of my babies in heaven. One was at nine and a half weeks. One was at 41 weeks. Neither of them are more important than the other. I have two babies in heaven. While yes, I don't know the gender of my first baby. I didn't have a name for my first baby. I didn't buy anything for my first baby. It doesn't make it any easier. We are not here to judge the grief that someone feels for any of their babies at any age, at any gestational week. Because women lose babies all the time at every gestation. You are not safe after 12 weeks. While that may sound a little brutal, and I will probably have a whole episode on that later down the road, it's true. And I know it. I'll, I'm living it. I'm living the actual life of, I thought I was safe after 12 weeks. I made it. I made it later than my miscarriage. 
I'm good. But I wasn't. My baby died. Full term. Past her due date. She should have been here. She should have been here a week before she died. But she wasn't. And that's something that you need to realize. That you cannot judge someone's attachment. So remember that in the future. Another thing that really irks me is everything happens for a reason. I mean, you're not really going to sit here and tell me that there was a reason my perfectly healthy baby girl died. Nope. Just don't ever say that either. The one that makes my skin crawl the most, though, is God needed her more or she was too beautiful for this earth. How? How is that even a thing? While I fully believe in God, and I know that he will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, and that in the end, he fixes all that is broken. But what you need to understand is that losing a child really causes bereaved parents to question the natural order of life and death, and our belief in God, and if our faith still exists. How can a loving and almighty God allow such pain to be caused to one of his children? While there may be this huge gulf between me and Jesus right now, I also remember that he does love me. Even when I'm suffering and questioning my faith in him, he loves me. And even when I'm not good to him, he loves me. And I know that he is so, so good to my baby girl. But you cannot tell me that he needed her more than I did. I needed her at home. I needed her in my arms. And so did Bradley. So did our parents. So did our friends and our, our close other family members. They needed her. She was a part of our life. She was a part of our world. She was a part of the future that we had planned. We needed her more than God did. I realized pretty quickly that grief changed my friendships. The people who I thought would be beside me turned dismissive. I will say, though, You'll be surprised at who actually shows up for you. I know that we've always got at least one person to lean on, and that's God. I never have to question that he's there for me. I don't plan to change my grief on behalf of anyone else who is around me. So if my grief and speaking about my deceased child makes you feel uncomfortable, then you most likely should probably leave the building when I'm around. No one has directly said that to me, but I have been places where I have received odd looks or I feel that I'm making them uncomfortable when I talk about Remy because, I mean, it's a little taboo, right? I'm sorry that my life isn't perfect, but just remember until you walk a day in my shoes,
you shouldn't say anything. I don't, I don't want to hear a peep from you. And that there's always going to be a 100% chance that if you've never experienced baby loss, then there's not a single bereaved parent who's ever going to give a crap about any of your opinions on anything relating to grief or moving on or that they can get pregnant again or that they're not the only ones that have, who has experienced loss. I mean, obviously, that's why I'm here today. I'm here to connect with other lost mamas. Sometimes it's easy to feel like we've been reprimanded by people for being non-responsive, at least in my case. I was told that because I didn't respond to a text and I left them on red, that I hurt their feelings. I'll just say, you should never feel inclined to a text back from anyone these days. But especially not a mother who is grieving. Some days are worse than others. And we just might not feel like talking, but you wouldn't know that due to the lack of visits. Another thing that really, really got under my skin was that there was a meal train set up for us after um, the funeral. And people would sign up for it. And while I understand that everyone grieves differently because grief is so unique, Bradley and I are both very vulnerable people and we wanted our family and or friends with us 24-7. So we definitely appreciated anyone who signed up for the meal train because we were, I'm not going to say excited, but we definitely needed them with us. So if you're going to sign up for a meal train, if it's not specified on the information, you should probably ask the grieving people if they would like for you to drop it off on the porch and leave, or if they want you to stay for dinner and comfort. Because I know that when people showed up to drop food off and they were like, see ya, we're going to go um, eat with our other friends. That was like kind of a slap in the face because we were looking forward to that time with them. It gave us 30 minutes to an hour to just kind of be mindless where we didn't feel like we were in a constant state of panic, at least for me. I was in a constant state of panic. So when people were there, I was able to talk with them about other things not relating to Remy as well that was able to free my mind a little bit for a moment. So when people would just show up and leave, I was kind of hurt. Did I tell them? No, because that's kind of awkward. But I feel like you should ask if they want you to stay. This is just to let anyone in the future know this is my opinion. And um, I definitely think that you should stay. You should be there for your friend if they want you, if they're, if they're welcoming their, you to have dinner with them. Another thing that people did was say, hey, can I come visit? Obviously, we were very welcoming to visitors the entire time. I mean, we would stagger the visitors out 
we would schedule people in two hour increments with, you know, 30 minute breaks in between. So I could pump because even though my daughter was dead, I still had to pump. The days that weren't as heavy with visitors were harder. So when someone would ask to visit and they'll say, hey, I'll be there at 2. And then they don't show up till 4.30. I don't really know how to explain how it feels, but it sucks. Don't tell someone you're going to show up and then be two and a half hours late and then proceed to only stay for five to ten minutes. Because if you're walking in my door and you're sitting on my couch and you're asking me my story, you're asking me what happened, you're not getting the short version. You're getting the full version. You're getting the start to finish from October 4th to October 7th. I'm telling you everything that happened because that's my story. That's Remy's story. And I will never stop telling her story. Honestly, the whole story isn't even really sad that like the entire story isn't sad. There were parts within those days that we kind of had some funny things that happened. Or we kind of had a couple moments of joy. And I wanted to share those two because that's part of the story. So before you make your friends feel like they're just a pit stop, it's best to make sure that you don't overbook your schedule and not make yourself available for them. Just pick a different day. If you are not available to be there for them, like, 100% and be fully focused, pick a different day. Just just do it. I promise you that they will appreciate a one to two hour visit way more than a 10 minute visit, at least for me. And like I said, I know that everyone is different. Grief is different from everyone, but that's what I think is the best thing to do. Um, this one's really going to probably... This one's actually really going to hurt somebody's feelings. It's pretty direct. But Saturday morning, October 8th, less than 24 hours after Remy was born, we received a Snapchat from a friend who had just got married. And it was of the bride and groom in their wedding reception. And it was captioned, wish you were here. Obviously, they can't read the room because they didn't even send condolences. I never received a text from this person. This person is someone who I consider one of my very best friends. We are very close. And honestly, the pain that they caused due to their lack of care is something that will never be forgotten. I was there for this friend during their most tragic days of their life. But they weren't here for me. And that hurts more than they'll ever know. And if they're listening, they know who they are. 
And that's why there's been very minimal contact between me and them. There's reasons for that. And it honestly is sad that they don't even realize that there's not been contact. And I mean, that goes to show you that people just really don't care. And they only care about themselves. But I'm a good friend. And I'll always be there for my friends. And I want all of you to understand how to be there for your friends. Even though I hope you never have to do this for one of your friends. I just want you to know that this episode was honestly harder for me than telling my story. I wrote my notes over and over again to kind of get a feel for what I was going to talk about in this episode. I recorded all of it, mixed it all up, added my music, got it ready to post, and I said, it's not right. It's not enough. It's not really what I wanted to say. Even though I still didn't say everything I wanted, even though I should have, I'm trying to tone it down a little bit just because I do care about other people's feelings. I know that some of my friends are probably feeling a little hurt right now, but I want you to know that I have no hard feelings. And if you feel that you've done something, please don't feel like you need to reach out now. If you want to, a simple I'm sorry text will be suffice. I love each of you. But please remember that you need to do better for the next person who's going to need you. As I wrap this episode up today, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for all of the support towards my podcast. The outpouring love that has been shown is unreal. I thought that maybe 40 to 50 of my closest friends and family members would be the ones who were here listening. But I just want to say that I was extremely surprised when I logged in and I saw that there were over a thousand listeners for my first episode. And I hope that that means that I've helped at least one person, which is the reason that I'm here today. Please remember that grief is extremely complicated and messy and you need to be there for your friends no matter what because they need you. If you are a lost mama and you need someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Thank you for being here and I will be back. Please remember that our hearts need to be reoriented a little more often amidst our grief and your heart may not feel hopeful, peaceful, or joyful today and that is okay.